Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, everyone. Buddy C. I would like to welcome Kate and Marla and Tina and Rob and Terry and Craig. Good morning, everyone. We're on the 80th chapter. Kate, do you want to read for us and we'll go ahead and get the reading done? Yeah. All right. 80th chapter. First translation. A small country has fewer people. Though there are machines that can work 10 to 100 times faster than man, they are not needed. The people take death seriously and do not travel far. Though they have boats and carriages, no one uses them. Though they have armor and weapons, no one displays them. Men return to the knotting of rope in place of writing. Their food is plain and good, their clothes fine but simple, their homes secure. They are happy in their ways. Though they live within sight of their neighbors, and crowing cocks and barking dogs are heard across the way, yet they leave each other in peace while they grow old and die. Second translation. If a country is governed wisely, its inhabitants will be content. They enjoy the labor of their hands and don't waste time inventing labor-saving machines. Since they dearly love their homes, they aren't interested in travel. There may be a few wagons and boats, but these don't go anywhere. There may be an arsenal of weapons, but nobody ever uses them. People enjoy their food, take pleasure in being with their families, spend weekends working in their gardens, delight in the doings of the neighborhood. And even though the next country is so close that people can hear its roosters crowing and its dogs barking, they are content to die of old age without ever having gone to see it. Third translation. Small countries with few people are best. Give them all of the things they want, and they will see that they do not need them. Teach them that death is a serious thing, and to be content to never leave their homes. Even though they have plenty of horses, wagons, and boats, they won't feel that they need to use them. Even if they have weapons and shields, they will keep them out of sight. Let people enjoy the simple technologies. Let them enjoy their food. Let them make their own clothes. Let them be content with their own homes and delight in the customs that they cherish. Although the next country is close enough that they can hear their roosters crowing and the dogs barking, they are content never to visit each other all of the days of their lives. Final translation. Latsu had a dream about a small country with very few people. They didn't need machines to get their work done faster. They took their lives seriously and stayed close to home. They may have owned boats and carriages, but they never went anywhere. They may have owned weapons, but they kept those weapons locked up, securely hidden. They had so few responsibilities, they never had to make a to-do list to remember what had to be done. They enjoyed simple foods, dressed plainly, lived comfortably, and kept their traditions alive. And even though their neighbors were so close, they could hear the dogs barking at night. They had no interest in leaving their homes, where they grew old peacefully and died. Thank you, ma'am. I will put the 
isn't this a great chapter for right now? And even just oh, we've lost her. Appreciating outside with their kids, flower getting new puppies, um, and just you're back, Marla. Oh, forget! I forgot what I just said. Never mind. Talk I love about this how chapter. Content, the content oh. that we can find even during the pandemic. <laughs> I think <laughs> contentment within the four walls that we're confined to. Um, we, you know, we don't have a choice. And um, if I realized if I'm going to get bitchy about being confined within my four walls, I'm not going to be terribly happy. Right. Now, now is the time where I'm looking out the window and watching my neighbors with their babies and their new puppies and the trees are blossoming. You know, I don't know that I would have appreciated that as, as much um, prior. So other comments, guys. Oh, Craig. Good. <laughs> the, um, the place described in this chapter sounds like a great place to live, doesn't it? It's fantastic. It sounds, sounds really good. Not having to go very far for everything that you need. You have everything, everything where, ever, everything's exactly where it should be. I kind of, um, I can relate to what Marla was saying. I'm sure about three months ago, I was looking for my job to end and I, I, I wanted to spend so much more time at home and I didn't want to be driving my car every single day. And now look what's happened. I don't have to go to work every single day. I don't have to drive my car every single day. I don't have to deal with the stress of everybody else that's on the road. Be careful what you pray for. You might get it. I'm not praying. <laughs> well, you're not desiring, praying. though. That's what I'm you not. always wanted, though. Right? Look where I am now. I've, not, yeah. I've had to drive once this week. It's Thursday. Um... I kind of I'm getting from this chapter as well. Um, not so much, not so much being content with what you have, but appreciating what you have, appreciating what you have at your fingertips. Whereas talk about machines, I automatically think about big robots doing everything for you. But a machine can be something simple like a phone. It can be like, like I said, your, your car. It can be a phone. As I've actually ran out of data on my phone. I've been using my phone while I'm out and about quite a bit. So I got a text yesterday to say. You have no mobile data. So I was out walking, and when I came home, I never bothered checking my phone because I thought, I have no data. Forgetting the internet's going to refresh everything that's on my phone. I switched it on this morning. I had 78 notifications from Facebook, and not once did it bother me yesterday, the fact that I hadn't checked my phone. So it was really good. It was really good just switched off, and I'm attached to my phone all the time. It was really good just putting the machine down and just concentrating on everything that's right in front of me. I think far too much my head's stuck in my phone, stuck in the laptop, and not actually enjoying what's going on around me. I love my garden. My garden my garden at the moment is it's probably the best it's ever been for 15 years that we've lived in this house. That's because I've been here for the past two months. That's because that's my daily routine. My daily routine now is come out, go into the garden, make sure the bird feeders are all full up, make sure, make sure the greenhouse is watered, just make sure everything's as it's supposed to be. And I'm not worried about I'm not worried if something's needing done because I know I've got I've got plenty of time to go and do it. And I know that if there's something that's not needing done, I've got somebody right behind me that's quite happy to tell me exactly what is needing done. I was anyone else, guys? I was looking at this chapter and studying it. I I did some study on this one because I was not getting a lot out of it. I mean, if nothing was popping, you know, like it normally does. 
and I was like, okay, what? This one's dull. What? What's? What am I missing? Because there's something here, you know. And I started seeing that maybe, for me, this chapter was about getting those solutions that I'm always looking for with life that I already have them getting that they're coming from within that these are all signs that I'm not looking outward for all of those solutions. For example, this uh, labor saving machines, you know, you see that and you think, well, he's just talking about keeping life simple. Well, it could be Uh, in the star translation. He says that that's talking about people with talent greater than the ordinary tools that speed up work a hundred times. Like, and I thought about how if I'm not happy with what I'm doing, I'm always looking for ways to change it. I'm sure Rob's seen that in his work. <laughs> People that are never happy with things the way they are, they've got to change it all the time. They, they're never, you know, they're never satisfied with their work. I think that's where that starts. They're never satisfied with their work. They're not satisfied with their food. They're not satisfied with their clothes. All those things are mentioned in there. And then the traveling from the the uh, knots go back to using knots. They used to use knots for um, uh, uh, for memory aids in place of writing and for communicating. They use they use knots for that. So they're saying instead of writing, they and they're using just an example of keeping things simple, you know, and not having to do more. They're okay with less, you know. They're happy with less. You know, that kind of a thinking. So, uh, Craig? Yeah, just, just on the notes and keeping it simple, I thought about um, just going back to the machines as well, writing a letter rather than sending a text. I think writing a writing a letter has probably got a lot more meaning than sending somebody a text in LOL or OMG, WTF. You know, you can actually sit time, put a little bit of your personality into a letter rather than just zipping something off that takes seconds. I think a letter is a lot more personal. Um, when I was reading it, it talks about a country. And again, I take things literally. I'm seeing this big country and I'm thinking, how can a country with so few people be a good thing? Um, you're also going to need people to fill it. But then I thought, if, if, if my country is my family, if my country is my unit, maybe my, my street, um, and having few people in it, you get to know a lot more people if there's, if there's fewer people there rather than having this small place that's jam packed with everybody that you don't know. I think you'd be constantly looking over your shoulder to see who's, um, not who's trying to steal stuff off you, but yeah, that's where I live. That's, that's what happens where I live. Um, but, and again, having, living that close to people and hearing dogs barking and whatever going on, I think it's, um, it's funny because my next door neighbors are really loud compared to the rest of the, the rest of the planet. They're really loud. So all times of the day, we can hear what's going on there. Um, and I think being able to put the boundaries up in place, I think a, a weapon that I would normally use would go and chap the door and tell them to keep the noise down. Um, but I'm kind of reluctant to do that because I appreciate the fact that they're, they're in the same situation as us. They've got more kids than us. Uh, so trying to keep them occupied is probably a lot harder than us trying to keep the nine-year-olds occupied. So I think not trying to control things as well by not having your weapons on display, not going out and constantly chapping the door and telling people to keep the noise down or pick the trash up and you know, you know that weapons on the weapons on display could be 
connect to pride and ego and look what I have, uh, control, you know, all of those things. Because normally when weapons are displayed, it's because you're trying to change behavior. You know, you're trying to control someone some way. I'm showing you what I have so I don't have to use it. You know, that kind of a thing. So personally, you know, I remember my mother saying, do I need to go get a switch? That's displaying a weapon, you know. No, no, ma'am, I'll get in line, you know. But how we do that personally, you know. Uh, yeah. my, Rob, my Rob, you got something? Yeah, so this this is this is odd to me, just saying. Because um, in, in my life, um, people that have never gone out of their county, and I have met people like this. Um, I'm from the Midwest. It does exist. Um, I look at it as the opposite, you know, as I'm sitting here before I read this. And I have a brother who was married to somebody in travel and they never traveled. And his whole point was, well, McDonald's is just right there down the street. Why would I have to go to France? And I it just, I don't get it. And I, I don't understand. In fact, I actually am the opposite. I'm thinking, well, these people are not very evolved and not very cool um, just to stay home and never travel. I, I traveled with a, a gal who was 30 in her thirties that we had to go to Montgomery and she had never been on an airplane at you know, 35 something years old. And I'm, I'm just, I, but then I think, Whoa, when I travel, there's all this effort. I've got this, box full of chargers and things. My wife's family live in France, so we go at least every two years. And I used to travel. I was a 100,000 K miler with United at one point. I was, I traveled. So there was a lot of stress involved going through the airport and taking your shoes off. I got TSA clearance now, but um, there's a lot of stress in that. So I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around because in my world, you know, travel is one of my things and seeing things and experiencing new things and new foods and new cultures. And so I'm like, OK, I, I don't get it. I'm going to probably have to need a mind shift on this. So. Hey, Rob, I don't think it's talking about travel like you're thinking about travel. I think it's talking about travel because you're unhappy and you're looking for right. the answer. Right. And you're talking about uh traveling to enhance your life experience mm-hmm. and which is amazing. I'm a, I'm feel the same way you do about that. Um, I, I know there's a, a man I know, he's a world renowned yoga teacher amongst yogis. And even though he's got plenty of money and he's been invited all over the world, he well doesn't feel the need to. He's like, I got everything here and it's all in his head. I find that amazing. Jealous that he can do that. But amazing. Yeah, that's the thing, Marla. That's exactly what I think they're saying. Because when I first saw it too, Rob, I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. What is some of the more of that paradoxical thinking, you know? Well, I mean, they can hear the neighbor, but they don't want to go visit them. Why don't they want to visit their neighbor? You know, wouldn't that be a good thing to go and be friendly with? It's not that. You don't have to know what's going on at your neighbor's house to be happy. No, that's what it's about. Mrs. Kravitz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
you know, that's what it's talking about. I think that's what I'm seeing, you know, is that it's not that we have to travel to holy places to feel spiritual. It's not that we have to see this or see that to feel our lives are complete. Our bucket list is all right here within. <laughs> In other words, that's the bucket list is getting to know me better, not now, I'm not there yet. Don't get me wrong. I'm still have, I mean, I, but that's that idea of taking that light, not only shining it within when we're disturbed, but shining it within to find our contentment too. Both are within. So, and I think that's what I wrote down a couple of notes, looking within for satisfaction. He who dies with the most toys dies. We've talked about my bumper sticker before. Uh, about traveling to satisfy or uh, uh, fighting to be happy too, because I had friends that I used to, I used to always look for something outside to be happy. It may not have been to do something good. It may have been to do something bad. Who lives, strives, I mean, lives on drama, you know, the whole drama of life. You know, people like that. They're not happy within. They're looking without for satisfaction still. That could be part of the traveling to the neighbors and all those things. So, I think that's where this lands or it does for me. Uh, for me, it was about contentment. Uh, and Wayne Dyer is, talks about. Oh, yes. Let's go to Wayne Dyer because I know you have to leave early, Marla. So let's okay. do that. Okay. He talks about creating your own utopia. Anybody can read the Wayne Dyer. We can, you can go on. We don't need to interrupt. Oh, it's okay. We get, let's do the Wayne Dyer. Then we'll finish our conversation because we may get stuck in Wayne Dyer. So I want to make sure we get that handled before you have yeah. to go. Imagine a small country with few people. They have weapons and do not employ them. They enjoy the labor of their hands and do not waste time inventing labor-saving machines. They take death seriously and do not travel far. Since they dearly love their homes, they are not interested in travel. Yeah, I underline that, too. They take death seriously. I want to talk about that phrase because we haven't talked about that yet. No. The death is going to happen. And that we need to respect, I think that's what um, I'm saying. We need to respect death. And well, that it will no, uh, if the, uh, the star translation talks about that and the way the star translation says it, let me find it again because it was good. Even if the people value their lives, like it's saying, like, even if you take life seriously, you have no desire to travel. So even if you value, like it's, it's not saying we need to take this seriously. The way this says it, you could, you could interpret it as saying, even if you think life is important, you don't have to travel to be satisfied. You don't have to look outward for contentment. I think is what that is saying. That's what I got from the, from the star translation. So it's kind of a different take on it. That's also something slightly different there. Yeah, um, we take if, if you take death seriously, then you, you take your life seriously as well. Yes, exactly. You concentrate, so, the, you concentrate on the, the meaningful things rather than wasting it on drugs and alcohol. Like, yeah, like me, like I did. Uh, you, you take Good. things a lot more. Yeah, I can see that. You're still Constantly. not looking outward, though. You're not saying I've only got a short time to live, so I have to do this and this and this and this. That's right. Yeah, you're, you're living in the moment. You're, you're still you're looking within and living in the moment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. You want to continue, Marl? They take deaths 
seriously and do not travel far. Since they dearly love their homes, they are not interested in travel. Although they have boats and carriages, no one uses them. They're content with healthy food, pleased with useful clothing, satisfied in snug homes and protective of their way of life. Although they live within sight of their neighbors and crowing cocks and barking dogs can be heard across the way, they leave each other in peace while they grow old and die. I wish that were true, but I hear people bitching about barking dogs all the time. Including um, me. Including you, I was going to say. I didn't want to say it, but, That's but okay. you took care of it. You created your own utopia and you got rid of that dog <laughs> in a humane way. <laughs> in a humane way, yes, I did. Thank you. Thank you for adding that. <laughs> All right. Um, this title is chapter living with your own, living your own utopia. This second to last verse of Dao De Ching might have been titled kiss. That is keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> How many times have I heard that? Here Lao Tzu makes a case for an ideal society where conflict isn't a problem. Harmonizing with nature is practiced. And weapons may be present but are never used. The ancient Chinese master seems to, seems to say that staying close to nature and taking pleasure in the basics of life are more satisfying than pursuing technological equipment and fancy carriages. He advises readers to keep close to the land, work with their hands, and not compete with neighboring villages. Well, things have changed. <clears throat> Imagine a world where weapons are vestiges of the past, displayed in museums to illustrate and warn the populace about an absurdly violent history. You'd see the conflicts on this planet exhibited from the perspective of human beings as tiny microbes living on the same body, equally dependent on it and on one another for survival, yet killing each other and destroying their host anyway. War would seem, war would simply seem senselessly destructive. When we look at the conflicts that have taken place throughout history, we cannot help but see that the hatred and rivalries in ancient and modern times make no sense. Why won't or can't people share the land and live together peacefully? What's so important that it's necessary to kill each other over it? Even in fairly recent times, those individuals were so hated that we tried to decimate them, so hated that we tried to decimate them, have become our ally, allies. So what was all that killing about? Why haven't we learned to live in harmony with life giving down? The answers to these questions are obviously complex, but unfortunately, they continue to need to be asked. We have okay. not. Agreed. Hey, Marla, that reminded me, my wife used to ask me, is this really that important? <laughs> Something that we were fussing about, you know, that I would bring to her attention. Yeah. And she said, is this really that important? And I said, and I would think, it's, you know, it's really not. Why are we talking about this? I said, I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> this reminded me of that, you know, that idea of the importance that we place on every little thing. Oh, that's, because we're the most important people. Yes. Oh, our, yeah. Our opinions are the most important opinions. For sure. <laughs> no one cares. For real. I, anyways. Um, sh do I go on or do you want to continue with something else? I would like to talk about the practice radical appreciation. 
if we could. Yeah. Do you have anything in the middle there you want to discuss? No, it pretty much goes on with the with encouraging you to simplify your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if this makes sense, but in my dealing with, like, say, not to get too personal, but in my marriage, learning how not to expect him to fulfill every need. Yeah. That are kind of creating my own happiness. Yeah, yeah. So not expecting him to fulfill it and make me happy. I'm the only one that can do that. And yes. it's, yeah, I think it's made me stay in the marriage. It's made us all stay in marriages. Yes, it, it has. I guess. Yeah. Terry, you have something, sir? Yeah, I'm really enjoying the discussion this morning. And, um, you know, when, when I read this stuff, I try to apply it to, you know, my recovery, my home and, and my business. And, and I, can see where this applies to all three and, and the, you know, the, the fact of you keep it simple, stupid, like Wayne said, of, you know, um, I'm just such a good place personally in my life today. And, and part of that is just the simplification that I've done in, in my business and stuff like that. But, you know, I just pulled my business back to where one person can do what needs to be done and, and I have the, the simplest equipment to make it as easy as possible. And, and, you know, I'm not looking to, to, uh, save the world here. I'm just trying to do a day's work and, you know, just the, um, in recovery, you know, just keeping it simple. You know, I, I had a sponsor recently and he's like, I grew up in AA at my mother's knee. I've been in AA all my life and it's just not working for me. And, and I'm trying to go all complex here about, you know, what's he missing? Is he missing a bottom or what in the world is he missing? And then a week later, he says, I, I read to the agnostics today. I've never read it before. I never thought it applied to me. And I'm like, God, this guy hasn't even read the book. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, it just reminded me of how I need to dial back. And, and you know, I, the solution doesn't need to come from me. It's right there. It's, and it's in simplification. You know, we, we have a program. We have a book, you know, keeping my business simple, keeping home simple, you know. I get so much story today out of planting stuff, and, and I'll be watching one little leaf grow when everything around me is growing. And, and I'm not paying any attention to the the, the bigger bushes and, and all that is happening, but I'm watching this one little leaf grow when I'm planting. But, you know, and... But the, you know, just, I, I'm just really impressed with the Tao and, and, and how it, it reinforces it. I don't need to share everything I know. I, I don't need to make it complex. Thank you, Terry. Terry's froze up. I'm going to mute him for now. Greg. Just with what Marla was saying about the, um, about the relationship with the husband and the wife, I was, um, I was just listening to a podcast. It's the, the Good Dad Project. Or I started off the Good Dad Project. It's now the, the Dad's project anyway it's one of these ones i started listening to when i came into recovery because i was having issues reconnecting with my family i was having issues effectively communicating with my wife and just kind of getting across these these boundaries that i'd put in place and how to build these bridges uh, and it was aaron walker that was on it today and he was talking about two things the first one was um when he was trying to impress his wife because he just retired for the third time he'd made all this money just retired for the third time and he was spending a lot more time at home and his wife went, his wife was needing some help. So he thought, you know, what, I'll get some brownie points and I'll do all this stuff. 
and she never acknowledged him for doing it because she knew why he was doing it. Um, and he was sat all huffy puffy one day, and she says, "What's up with you?" She says, "I've done all this stuff, and uh, I've done everything that was needed done, this, that, and the other." And she says, Look, "Did you do that to impress me, or did you do that because you knew that I needed help?" And he says, "Yeah, I've done it to impress you." The reason, the reason he, he was doing this thing, he, he was he was doing all these things so that his wife would notice that he's doing all these things. He wasn't doing things for the right reason. He, he wasn't doing it for the fact that she was actually doing it. And this stuff was needing done around the house. So he was getting all mopey with the fact that she hadn't acknowledged him and recognised the fact that he was doing this. Um, and the other thing he was talking about as well is um, how how he's coaching all these guys. Um, he, he runs individual mastermind groups. And he was talking about the importance of the things that we're doing, like these communities, these meetings, um, and how he's seen a lot of people struggling at the moment because they're putting these barriers up in place because they're, they're feeling really sorry for themselves. They're kind of really withdrawn and not not looking at the bigger picture, not appreciating the things that have actually got going on. Uh, and I'm sure he actually mentioned the world, that he, he mentioned the fact that they, they don't appreciate the things that they've got going on in their own little world, which we could kind of relate to that thing, that having your individual country, having your own world, things that are going on. They're, they're focusing too much on what's going on in the news, what's going on on Facebook, what other people are saying. So I think really concentrating on what's going on in your own country as well is going to make it a much better place to live thank you sir let's let's finish up these couple of paragraphs in uh wayne dyer um practical radical appreciation being begin a practice of joyfully engaging with the things you take for granted and there isn't that come. gratitude yeah it is marvelous gratitude it's all it is be grateful um be grateful. There are comforts such as your home, garden, meals, clothes, family, members, and friends that you experience every day without ever appreciating them. Choose to pay attention. Make the shift by giving thanks and loving appreciation. Spend more time close to home in awe over the many simple treasures that make up your life. See paradise all around you. Change your belief that you must travel be worldly and experience distant lands and people in order to have a fulfilling life. I think that's what the traveling is talking about. In fact, you could reside on the same street for a lifetime without ever leaving and know the bliss of the Tao. Keep in mind the thought offered by Voltaire, paradise is where I am. If where you are is at home, with the same people, the same photographs, and the same furniture, make it your paradise. Find joy and solace in the simple. Change your view to see the pleasure in what you have, where you're located, and who you are. Cultivate your utopia by filling the Tao in every cubic inch of space. Good stuff. Any comments? Yeah, you know, this reminds me... Um of when we first started the the shelter in place i put on my posted a picture call from the chapter 47 um and it says um without going outside you may know the whole world without looking through the window you may see the ways of heaven the farther you go the less you know and 
So for me with the DAO, I like to look for the reoccurring themes, like clues as to what, what it's, you know, veering me in the right direction. And so that's what I took from it. Um, you know, I guess, but in, in now, and it's just so funny how in the last 40 minutes, how my, my interpretation has changed because at first I thought, well, I guess it would depend on what your, your end goal is, your end game. Do you want to travel or do you want to, you know, what's important to you? But in the theme, I guess it's kind of a cheap way to say it, not the theme of the Tao, but in, you know, the main teachings is that you can find happiness anywhere. And obviously war is, is not being successful. Um, and I think it's because you value life. Um, taking life seriously, you know, you're not going to go get yourself into a fight or you're not going to do anything to disturb that. That's your end goal is to live a long life, knowing the Tao. Um, and why bother yourself with the troubles of other people and maybe starting a war or starting a conflict. Uh, so that's all I had. Thanks, Tina. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's about learning to live in the moment, looking within for you know, looking within not only when we're disturbed, but looking within for our satisfaction and our peace and joy. You know, I think all of that is, you know, is what this is about. Living simply, being happy with who we are, not looking outward for the satisfaction. That reminded me of, you know, the Bible verse about the kingdom of God is within. What you're looking for, where is all this? It's within. It's not out there. Um, and I thought this was interesting. Um, this was from Marlon. She left. I was going to quote the Old Testament. I'll quote it anyway, even though she's not here. This is Solomon. And Ecclesiastes, he said, there's, there's nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. In other words, to eat and drink and enjoy the work of his hands is another translation I'd heard. So it's the things that go on in the moment. Enjoy your food. Enjoy what you're drinking. Enjoy your labor. It's all that's the things, you know, and and if it goes on to talk about that, he thought all everything else was vain other than this. So it's the same kind of thing, you know, learning first, I think, to live in the moment. And then once we learn to live in the moment. Um, looking within, because if I'm looking outside of me for anything to fix me, to make me happy, it's the wrong direction. It's the wrong direction. Yeah. Some things I use to start looking within the steps, working the steps in my life really help with that. When I start getting rid of that fear and that resentment and those things that keep me from looking within because they cause me to look outside because I don't want to look within. I don't know my, you know, my issues are me, you know. So it's living in the moment. Um, that And then meditation helps me a lot with that, too. Meditation's taught me a lot about living in the moment. So anything else, guys? Catching up the chat. Craig? All right, Rob, I'm sorry. I was looking at Craig and said Rob. Yeah, it's, uh, it's odd that I've actually have so many house projects. Um, 
wife is teleworking as well. And she's not necessarily putting pressure on me. I just got, we got this blank piece of paper that every morning I get my coffee and there's five more things added to it. And I haven't really been enjoying it. And I should, because nothing that I'm doing is outside of my comfort zone, outside of my expertise. And it should be fun, but for some reason I'm on throwing it into the machine and looking at it like I do everything else. Like I got to get this over with so that I can do something else. But what else am I doing? I mean, I'm stuck at home. So, you know, I'm teleworking when I sign on, but you know, in between that, um, it's not like I'm, you know, I've got all this stuff going on. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take this as a cue today to, I've got to level out the base pavers for a shed that I'm building, which is on the list. And instead of worrying about that, I'm not doing it right now. I just need to do what I got to do today. And then when I get off of work, I'll go do that. I should enjoy it more because I could. It's just a mindset change. Um, but I'm carrying around all this tension. Part of it's just because I've been working like a madman. And part of it's because I'm stressed. And why? Again, what else am I doing? This is a perfect time to get all this stuff done. I've knocked off so many of the honeydew list that um, once the shed's up, I don't know what else, unless she wants to completely remodel the house again. But um, anyway, I'm, I'm going to take this cue and try to change some things today. That's good, Rob. That's good. And it really is, you hit the nail on the head. It's a mindset. It's not that, and that reminded me of the Course in Miracles thought of our life is based on our perception of the world, not on what's going on around us. It's our perception that makes that change. That's why 10 different people can have the same circumstances and have 10 different levels of satisfaction during those circumstances is because it's about our perception of those circumstances, not the circumstances. So it's always that way. It's always that way. Yeah, that's good. Anyone else before we close? You guys have a great day. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.